to Get Animated, the anime watch-along podcast with the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed ultra-hacker Heather Ann Campbell. I'm self-proclaimed censored Gundam Nick Weiger. And I'm self-proclaimed incredible band Man Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Mm. Hello, everyone. And welcome back to the premiere anime podcast, where we're talking about mid-2000s mega-hit the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, which we're watching in broadcast order. And that means that today's episodes are episode 27 and 26, which canonically happens right before the episode that we start with. That's right. It's key that we're watching episode 27 first and then 26, the day of Sagittarius and Live Alive. Wait, the day of what? Sagittarius? Is that how you said it? Sagittarius? I would su- I would assume Sagittarius. Sagittarius? Is that how you say it? Sa- Sagittarius? A- Sagittarius? Uh, wait, are you asking me how to I'm say asking. Sagittarius? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fucking uh, astrologer. It's my sign. How do you say it, Matt? Sagittarius. Okay, Sagittarius. The day of Sagittarius and Live Alive. These are... Two excellent episodes. <laughs> Good episodes. And before we get into that, I think we've got some other business to discuss. That's right. Who want who wants to say it? I'll ask. I never ask. I'll try okay. this on for size. Great. Guys, what are we weebin'? Wow. What are we weebin'? Hi, it's me, Ash Ketchum, and I'm here to ask you, Mata Padaka, what are you weebin'? Wow! Thanks, Ash. It seems like Welcome. you're doing. It seems like you're doing great. Um, I've had a thriving. rough couple of weeks canonically. Yeah, but now oh, you're doing. No. It sounds I'm, like you're doing really good. I'm on top of my game. That's great. Um, I've I framed a, any funny business on another party. Oh boy! I don't even want to. I don't even want to know what you could even mean by that. We, we don't need further context here, Ash, because we don't want to be implicated by association. So yeah. you can just you keep got that to yourself. It. But I think I described in detail exactly what I was doing. Yeah, I th- you, you did. You, you yes. definitely did, and I think that's enough. That's enough. Well, anyway. Yeah, that's enough. I'm in the clear, guys. Matt, okay. what have you been weeping? Okay, so when last we recorded, I had mentioned that I had a movie ticket to see a film in theaters, and I went and saw that movie, and that film was Shin Kamen Rider. Directed by Hideaki oh, Anno. Wow. Wow. We haven't, we literally haven't talked about it. We this. haven't spoken of this. The movie is fucking bananas. <laughs> I, Sounds so like I, an endorsement. I, I, I hadn't, I didn't know anything about Common Rider at all. Like, I just didn't, I didn't know. I saw that they were showing it one night only here in the States. Then they added a second showing after it sold out and, like, you know, performed well, I guess, for the limited screening. This was my first Fathom event. Also, never done something like I never uh, like seen something like that. I kind of uh, like the Fathom events. I've I've heard there maybe have some onerous corporate yeah. uh, entity on top of them, but I mean, so does everything. But yeah, you know, I, I I think they they they've they've done some good work. I usually do the Miyazaki Fest. It seems like well curated in that regard. Um, it's how I saw RRR in theater was via Fathom. Oh wow, Natalie took me to yeah. Um, the thing that the only complaint I really had about it was the movie ticket said seven p.m. So I yeah. get there, I get there right at seven. 
and there's a countdown on the screen for a half hour. Yeah, so that's the thing I've run into. I've had there, there, there's some where they start the countdown early, and there are others where they start the countdown because they don't run like traditional trailers. So they start to count down right at the show time. Yeah. So I've had ones that were like, like the countdown's been going. You show up at seven, you better be have your ass in your seat because the the opening credits are beginning. Yes, and the previews that they showed, um, for uh, like before that, are we're on a loop. So I thought I think I saw them like two or three times, all of oh. them, and some of them were for uh for Miyazaki Fest, and some of them were for the idea and very concept of Fathom Events mm-hmm. and like Fathom Events corporate and things like that. And I was like, I don't want to see this again. <laughs> and then uh they kept they just kept showing them, but uh but the film. So I didn't know what it was. I just mm-hmm. was like, I got to go see this. Uh, Heather talked about. Um, Shin, Ultraman Shin Ultraman and Shin Godzilla and that they're both great. Uh, Shin Godzilla, Shin Ultraman, Aces. This movie <laughs> doesn't like, if you if you don't know what it is, it doesn't really help you. Mm. Like it doesn't really be like, so this is what is like what this is and like why you, why we're doing this kind of. It kind of just starts and then two hours later, you've seen the movie, and you're just like, wait, like, okay, like, so I'm like, I, I, was, I, I pieced together like what the plot is and stuff, and like, I was talking to our pal Zig about it, and mm-hmm. um, Zig's point of the point was the movie is not about story or plot; it's about vibes. And I was like, okay, yes, on that level, I can agree because everything that I saw, I liked. I thought it was very right. fun and like. Uh, the action was like really crazy. Like the beginning action sequence, this guy's fucking punching people in the face and their heads are exploding. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was nuts. It was so crazy. But like stuff like that doesn't really happen in the rest of it. Uh, but it's about this guy who uh, is the, the common rider. And then he like fights a guy who um, like there are other uh, he's um, uh, ah shit. He's like a what kind of mo- animal is he or bug? bug? He's like a. He's like a bug, like a grasshopper or something, I think. Yeah, he's like a bug mm. man. Yeah. And he has powers of like the bug and, and things like that. And he meets other bug powered uh enemies and stuff. And then yep. he meets one that is like him, basically, that is evil. And then he becomes good. And then there are two common riders. And then they team up. And so then the movie becomes about what if you had a best friend that was just like you and he fought like you and was like cool like you are? Mm. And so like that is then just fun. And they're just like, okay, like they're just both punching people at the same time. This is great. It, it, I really enjoyed watching it. I couldn't tell you if it's a good movie or not because I just like didn't like <laughs> understand um, almost any of it. Right. <laughs> But it, it, I had a great time watching it. it. It was like a pretty full theater too. So like there was like cheers and like people who were maybe for more familiar with Common uh, Rider, like uh, understanding references and things like that. Sure. Um, I didn't also, it had the production value of like Power Rangers to me. Like it, like it, the fights kind of like looked like that, like slightly overhead, like yeah. or higher than it should be kind of like, and uh everybody's just kind of on screen doing stuff like uh it, so it was it was it, it was interesting and i think it's like that type of show right like uh yeah. it, it, it has that sort of like same sensibility um but 
I thought it was, and, it, and there were some parts that were really funny too. Um, so I, I, I really enjoyed my time at the movies. Um, I, I'm more interested to see um, Shin Ultraman, uh, but more importantly, Shin Godzilla, because I at least understand Godzilla. Uh, sure. <laughs> there's well, not, there's not a big on-ramp for that. I wonder if, because we all understand Godzilla, if God, Shin Godzilla operates the same way, but you're just like, oh, I know what's happening. I think maybe, like, right, yeah. They right. certainly don't explain like, hey, something has come out of the sea. Like they don't yeah. ever give you those on-ramps. They're just like, hey, it's here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, I, I don't know, I, I don't know, maybe this is wrong. I do feel like maybe something like Godzilla requires less context in general because like you you see monster movies, you see like alien movies and like mm. you sort of just like get it. So like if you see this like big monster, you're sort of like, oh, there's just a big monster. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will also say that though I enjoyed Shin I fully enjoyed Shin Ultraman. Mm-hmm. And I have a vague idea of what Ultraman is because he's like the, the guy that fights other kaiju sized things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he's got like the bug eyes and stuff. Um Shin Ultraman is also fucking bananas. <laughs> and watching it with a, a a small group of people, small group of friends. In front in fact, uh uh get played former guest Albro. Oh wow. Uh, Albro Lundy was watched it and uh, very cool. So it's uh, Rob Shrub who we brought up. We all watched it together with a small group. Um, and it was, it was truly bananas, but also so bananas that it was funny Mm. when things were happening. I don't like there were jokes, but mostly it was like the jokes were what you were watching being so insane that you couldn't stop laughing. Right. And Uh, they really made a meal of, you know how Ultraman makes his power? Like the the gesture he does to do his power. Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah? They really make a meal of him like going to make that motion. So I much mean, so cool. that you think something else is going to happen. Is that what I'm... Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I totally get that. I totally try. All right, great. Well, I'm going to fucking stop talking. No. Oh, you're doing great. This is great. No, it's, I'm terrible. I also, I watched more Cowboy Bebop, and I think I'm about halfway through the series. And um, what do you think of so far? I really like it. I think Vicious is such a funny name for like his like rival or like antagonist. I think Vicious is yeah. such a cool name. Um, but anyway, that's it for me. Ash, back to you. Whoa! What have I been weaving? Yeah, sure, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you can feel that. Oh, man. I've been weaving CSI Los Angeles. I forgot that. <laughs> right. Police procedurals from the real world are anime in in, in your world. Yeah. I mean, it tracks. It makes I've sense. I've been watching NCIS uh, Detroit. <laughs> it's amazing how I've many been... of those they got. And they've all been <laughs> on for like 11 seasons. Yeah, well, and they're all know, good. I, we love all of them. I'm... I'm sure that you live action folks would say the same thing about seasons of Dragon Ball or Pokemon. It's Th- like, that's a really wow, good point. How, many, how many fucking Dragon Balls are there? Well, I'll tell you, as many as there are CSIs and, and CISs. 
Yeah, no, that's a great point. In- I gotta know what Detective Stephen, what he, what he's gonna find in that trunk. <laughs> in in your world, Ash, is something like King of the Hill or like The Simpsons considered live action? No, those are like foreign shows. Oh, that's like Damn it, squ- Matt. <laughs> Yeah, that's like that's like foreign TV. Okay, I see. Yeah, that yeah. I, I, that makes sense. I think also. I mean, I just got to say real quick, Hank Hill, funniest man on earth. Continue. Very funny. Sorry. Very funny. <laughs> but anyway, that's what I've been weaving. How about you, Nick Weiger? What have you been weaving? Well, Heather will be interested to know that I am continuing to watch Mobile Suit Gundam: The Origin. Oh my god! Uh, wow, yes. episode two, Artesia's Sorrow, oh was the god. one I've watched since our last record. Oh, it, these are these are these are a, a commitment because each episode is an hour long, uh, which I love. <laughs> give me an hour. Give me an hour of anime of of, of extremely dramatic anime. Uh, and this one has a big time jump in between the the first episode and and this episode. The the children who are kind of the center of it, uh, the uh, kids of this murdered political figure, are they are now you know like like teenagers, and one of them is going to go to a military academy, and they're they're like I'm sure it's a character that is. Um, Kozval, who is like I, I like alluded to as like having a central presence in some other Gundam, uh, and uh, he like so I, I think it's kind of like his his origin story or in part. Uh, but there's it's so sprawling. There's so much in terms of just talking about all the 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 geopolitical order as it exists in this universe and the uh, military industrial complex. There's a lot about the economy. It makes me want to learn more about Japan's post. Uh, it makes me want to learn more about Japan's post World War II history, to be honest, because it talks so much about like the bubble economy, the lost decade. You know, basically grappling with uh, its relationship with a a fascist regime, regime, or that's what the characters are doing uh, in this in this this narrative. But it's so much about that. It's so much about politics, which I love. Like, I'll cool. take all that that you got. And there's a word that 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 you know is used a lot in fantasy and science fiction. It's a concept that I love, even though the term has gotten overplayed and kind of annoying. But it it's the best term, which is like what I'm really responding to in this series. What I've seen of it so far is just the world building. Ooh, like yeah. it feels so vast. Yeah. The scope feels like you can't wrap your head around it. In the opposite way of like sometimes an open world video game, you can go anywhere and talk to everybody and it starts making it feel small because Mm -hmm. just like, well, I can just like see all of this. But here it's like, oh, there's so much going on with all of these. And I I forget all the terms because I get part of the world building is there's so much vocabulary. There's like a a glossary that I feel like I need to refer to when watching this. Uh, But, you know, there's also that's also the case in Star Trek. So you just pick it up as you go. But like there's, you know, the all these orbiting um, massive uh, inhabited space stations. Yes. All these sides. sides. The sides are like like there's so many of those that it's just like oh you're just seeing small chunks of it and you're seeing like you're you're gonna all the action is going to take place in one of these that you can see is just part of a fleet uh, of of thousands and so it just makes it feel so vast and and has just has also cool shit in it like 
one of the places, you know, they're they're hiding on Earth. Earth has been completely ravaged by by what they say is climate change in this version, which was made in the mid 2010s. I'm not sure what it is in the original Gundams, uh, whatever oh. the whatever environmental ruination it is that destroys the Earth. Oh well, let me tell you, Nick. Yeah, it's what you're seeing plays out through the 1970s show. Wow. So what they're calling climate change is the destruction of the earth by pollution and human beings, deforestation, everything. But that right. show set or or was created in the late 70s. Right. So it's like Gundam is life. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so good. It's... um. It, it it definitely it seems like it's grappling with that with just like the in, what the the ravages of industrialization industrialization and what it's doing to the environment and again that goes into the the you know Japan's post World War Two uh, economy I I think the but anyway it was part of that so the Earth is ravaged they're hiding out there these kids are hiding out there for a little bit these refugees then they go to another hiding place which is a dec- is one of the sides it's like this enclosed massive um space station that was built during what they call the bubble economy uh and it's a it's a decommissioned uh Texas themed amusement park so they're just in this like gigantic like Texas ranch and then there's and but it's like it is part of a space station and that's just like where they're hiding out but they're like riding horses to amuse themselves and it's just like this is so fucking what like thinking this is such a ridiculous thing to think of that it makes it awesome you know what i mean like uh, so i i don't know just the specificity of those sorts of details are are really it, 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 it just makes the, the the world feel very populated and alive and and tangible I, I know a lot of sci-fi is sort of like braids in stuff from other sci-fi, right? Right. Like, no, I mean, y- you go far enough back and you'll you'll probably get some my ori- original ideas, but everything else, it's like, oh, this is from 2001, Space Odyssey. This is from Alien. This is like, yeah. ev- and Alien has stuff from, you know, like you just keep braiding and braiding and braiding. Um, So there are a lot of, things in Gundam that are clearly like they lean into the tropes or the source material in some way but right. it's the it's the mesh that feels unique like a a, a Texas themed amusement park is Westworld which sure. is from the book from the 70s right like it's not unheard of marrying that to decommissioned Texas themed space uh, park, which also has horses and you would ride the horses around because they'd be running around. It's like it's, it's several steps beyond the thing that inspired it. I thought, God, I could, we could really do mobile suit podcast here and just <laughs> poor Matt. <laughs> just, uh, real quick, Heather, you said mesh. It's pronounced mech. Well done, Matt. I didn't want to interrupt earlier, so. Maybe I'll just unplug my computer. <laughs> <laughs> I say Sagittarius. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, what are you weaving? Oof. Well, uh, this is my first few days here in Amsterdam. 
Uh, and so my uh, my weaving has been like putting out feelers. I'm putting mm. out my feelers, trying to figure out where where the weaving is to be had, right? Um, so I went to a, a a store called I believe a Space Oddity, pretty good pretty good name. Nice. Uh, and uh, they've got some Gundam kits ready to go in case I wanted to like build myself a Gundam while I'm here. Though the nightmare of transporting that back to the United States. Uh, means that I, unless I get one of the little guys, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, it sounds stressful. Um. So yeah, I did that, and then I went to the uh English bookstore, which actually is called the American bookstore, cool. and uh and peruse. Hell their- yeah, damn right. <laughs> peruse their extensive manga section. Like wow. So you know, it's been many years since I lived here and when I lived here before perhaps I've told this story I'm not sure so when I used to live here I was next to the Japanese exchange student housing uh for the local university and they would get shonen jump uh manga in the mail like the big thick phone books of manga and then when they'd finished reading them they'd throw them out in front of their uh big apartment complex on Mm. trash day and i would get home from a show drunk and collect the shonen jumps from the street and cart them off into my apartment next door and that was one of the few ways that i could get my hands on manga here so to walk into the american bookshop and have there be like many 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 shelves of manga yeah alienating in terms of like oh time is moving forward and i am like just racing towards my grave (laughs) like change is constant and i'm 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 gonna die soon um but it's also like wow what a totally different world the last time i was here i had to i had to use a, a website which illegally charged me money Right. In order to give me fan subs because it was the only way for me to get anime here in Holland. And now I can watch this stuff on Crunchyroll or go to the American bookstore or go to the fuck. Like there's a fucking like some kind of anime store here that I still have to go to. It's amazing. What That's luck. really cool. But yeah, so um, so uh, they, they have all the volumes of Chainsaw Man, which I sent a photo of you to you guys. Love to like, see it. There's one language that's universal, and that's Chainsaw Man. Um, <laughs> but they also have, like, given the uh, the price per inch of shelf space in this bookstore, you know, like the premium of how much you dedicate to any specific thing, like, the fact that there is a full section of manga is, I think you know, stupidly obvious about how much anime, how far anime's come in the last 15, 20, 25 years. Mm. That's why I've been weaving. That's cool. That's but amazing. now, that's enough of what we've been weaving. Yeah, let's talk about- one thing that all of us have been weaving, and that's- That's right. The melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. And we'll start with- Episode 27, not quite the final episode of the show, <laughs> but uh, 
but close to it. Um, this episode is called The Day of Sagittarius. So this this episode opens on a space battle. And Harhi and Kion and all the rest of them are in different spaceships. And the cold open is just a space fight. Like they are fighting That's an right. unknown enemy. And we don't know who, why they're there or where they are. And because of the nature of this show, there is a moment when you're watching this where you're like, is this happening? Yes. Do they 100%. go to space? <laughs> Which wouldn't work again if the show was, if if you weren't watching it in non-chronological broadcast order, right? Um, but we are. And... Sure enough, they start in space, and then we cut to uh, the actual narrative after the credits. And it's uh, the um, the festival has come and gone, right? Right. Uh, and Kion tells us, so that we are anchored in time, right? So that we know where we are in the school year. And the computer study group shows up to the... SOS Brigade room and is like, hey, we want to challenge you guys to a 5v5 video game that we've developed called the Day of Sagittarius 3. Yes. While they are pitching this to Kion and the rest, uh, Harhi shows up and she drop kicks the guy who's speaking and then shouts, who are you? Which yeah, is so, one of the f- hardest fucking laughs I've had in the show. Is <laughs> the idea that your protagonist would physically assault a man and yeah. then shout, "What? Who? What? Who are you?" Yeah, the the it made me laugh out loud. I mean, because like like they're all saying duel. We want a duel, and Kion is like, "Keep your voices down," because Harui's gonna hear it. And then yeah, just it's a it's a sucker punch, but it's a jump kick to the head. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it's great. It's very, very funny. Um, so, uh, so what the computer study group would like to wager is they want to wager four laptop computers. And if they uh, lose, then the SOS Brigade gets a ton of laptops. But if they win, they get their computer back. Right. Uh, that they lost when Haruhi blackmailed them by fictionalizing an assault. Uh, and... I like that they're they're like you know they're they're like you're not even using it, and they point it down to the ground, and she's like, "I'm using it," and they talk about how her website hasn't been updated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the website hasn't been updated, and they know that the computer guy is a lot of the hits because he keeps checking. Whether or not it has been right. updated. Yeah. Like, oh, that explains all the traffic. Yeah. Uh so um I wanna I wanna talk about a fan theory about the show. Mm. Okay. So Kion in this episode talks to us, the audience. He breaks the fourth wall, right? Right. There is a theory that Haruhi isn't God. Kion is. Mm, interesting. Mm. And that Kion's awareness of the audience is evidence that he has created, because he's so bored, 
You know, he's so like glum that he has actually created everything on the show to distract him from how miserable life is. Mm, interesting. Interesting theory. Interesting theory. So. Um, what if God was one of us, you know? What if God was one of us? Harhi says, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, but if you, um, if you're going to wager something, we should wager something. What if we wager one of the women? And Karen's like, you can't, you cannot wager a woman. What are you doing? And she's like, okay, then I'll wager myself. And he's like, again, I don't think they want that. Uh, but sure. Um, it's pretty grim. They've also got like, there's like a moment where Keon is like thinking about he's, it's, it's before this, but he's like, He's he's it's 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 jarring watching in this order because it's like he references something that you see in the next episode, which comes out chronologically beforehand. But he's like, you know, the only memory I want is uh, Asahina in her yakisoba maid costume. Yeah. And then you see a little flashback to that, but you don't have any context for it until you watch the next episode, which actually was, you know, chronologically beforehand. I think it's a teaser for that. Like the reason it flashes like that, because that's too that's too fast if it worked. Mm-hmm. If you were to watch the episodes as 26, then 27. Sure. Unenjoyable. It's built to be the kind of flashback where you have to pause the television in order to see what he's remembering. Well, didn't I, like, I, I feel like I read that the, because I was reading about the light novels, the light novels themselves like jump around in time a lot. And that's part. That's perhaps part of the reason why the anime was presented this way originally. I I am so frustrated with Crunchyroll not offering that we have to go through and hand select anyway. Yeah, it's confusing. Um, so, uh, they are um, the SOS Brigade is given the laptops temporarily so that they can practice on this game, Day of Sagittarius. Uh, and at some point. Esper guy, Koizumi, talks nicely about like the unseen trust between Kyon and Haruhi. And I like that moment a lot. That's nice. I mean, we know it. We can see what's happening in the show. Like these episodes are in this order because we see the growth and development of this relationship. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know why I'm so fucking defensive of broadcast order. I just am. Because it no, it makes sense. It, it, no, it, that, I think that's how it's intended to be watched. Yeah. In any kind of way. Yeah. Um, so uh, they train on the game, and what we learn is it's essentially battleship, right? You've got uh, a fleet of spaceships and the fog of war, and you have to move through space in order to uncover the location of your enemy ships by sending out scouts or uh, by moving, Right. Neither ship can, or neither place, neither player group can see the other player group when you begin. Um, yeah, and, and they've also like all sort of understood, come to understand, except for Haruhi, that like they're gonna lose because the other team, the computer che- the club, at minimum, chose this game, uh, and in re- in practice, they made this game, so they know all the loopholes and exploits, and they're going, to, they're they're just going to lose, so they just need to make. That they're all making peace with that in advance, even though they're going through the exercise of of practicing. I I really 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 adore uh, that 
what's her name? Yuki. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. That Yuki gets a laptop and she doesn't know how to use a mouse. She's right. holding yes. the mouse up in the air and kind of waving it like a three-dimensional <laughs> interface, which is fantastic. It's a really That's great good. joke. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I liked this sequence a lot because, uh, well, particularly the... Um, what do you call it? Like the title cards for the train, like for the training days that they did for the game, reminded me of uh, Evangelion, kind of. Like day of, yes. uh, it was like it said, you know, where if it would say like day of the uh, final impact or whatever, uh, yep. Evangelion, it was like training day one or whatever, training day two. Yep. Yep. Uh, so the genre that the, or the tropes, the references, the trivia that this episode specifically references is a uh, is an old show called uh, Space Battleship Yamato and also Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, both of them feature these like naval style battles in space. Um, also, uh, Yuki is reading uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey at the end of this one, mm-hmm. which is nice. Uh, but uh, when we get to the actual battle we load up the game and it has this charming little theme song that plays which is mm-hmm. boo 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 like just that with like a single drum and when you switch <laughs> back and forth between them playing the video game and the like drama of like the represented space battle you switch back and forth between that 8-bit song and a full orchestral version of that song that plays in the exact same moment right like it's oh i fucking love it it's so good it's basically just a you know a a a a training montage but the the joke of it is they're making no progress. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so each there's all these jumps and they're not getting a little bit better. They're losing in the exact same way every time. Um, but they're you know whatever. They, they, it's an exercise in futility. But they're going. They're taking it to the end. As with everything in this show, they they take it all the way to the end, basically for uh, to flatter Haruhi. Also, I've just learned something in real time here, which is the song mm-hmm. I just hummed is the fourth symphony of Tchaikovsky. Mm. So they're they're switching back and forth between an actual classical piece of music and an 8-bit version of that. So it's less impressive to me because I was like, this song yeah, fucking kind, rules. It kind of sucks now <laughs> when you think, really think about it. That sucks. <laughs> it's mid. It makes sense in the context of that they the computer club made this game though. It's just like they just pulled some source and did a chip yeah. version of an existing uh yeah. existing piece. Which I got to say I think still does take some doing. And like that like it, it's kind of impressive that they even did that. It's impressive that they made a game. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, like, it's pretty cool. It's not nothing. So we see the training montage. Our group never gets better because Harhe's always charging forward. Uh, mm. Everyone's <laughs> like, oh, we're, we're probably going to lose this. And Kion says to Yugi, no cheating. You cannot cheat. And she's like, got it. Uh, the day of the, the duel comes up 
and they begin fighting the space battle and they immediately start getting hit and they can't figure out how the enemy can see where they are immediately. Uh, and it looks like they're going to lose the battle. They're going to lose the PC. And if they do, Koizumi's like, you know, when she loses, it's bad. Yes. But also Kion's like, I don't want you to hack reality in order to change it. Yuki starts using her laptop at such a pace that her body is vibrating from the action of her moving her fingers on the keyboard. Yes. Which is an excellent little piece of animation. Yeah, that it's it, it looks great. I mean, this is the and there's some great kinetic motion in the next episode, which we'll also talk about. But yeah, the the, the character animation is really really fluid and uh there's the joke in here this is that i referenced with my uh, self-proclaimed which is that there's a there's a moment where a mech comes out of a bay door and it's like pixelated uh ostensibly i guess the, the meta joke is that they couldn't they didn't have the rights to use it uh which made me laugh they they also whenever uh they die they shout glory to the computer club which is yeah. also a gundam reference because uh, when you die, if you're a Principality of Xeon member and you die, you you shout glory to the Principality of Xeon. Um, just nice little Easter eggs. Anyway, Yugi is I'll shout not... that on my deathbed. I was going to say, I hope those are my last words before I pass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yugi's not hacking reality. She's hacking the game. And what she's determined is that they are using a cheat code to be able to see through the fog of war. Like they are, the, the whole game is fixed. But yeah. she can independently control every single. You you have your main ship, and then you have all your drone ships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can she's... split your fleet your fleet into twenty parts, and a normal person is not capable of doing that. Although it's, you can do it in the game, and so she's doing it because she's she's an alien, right? That's her thing. Yeah, yeah. She's an alien. She's like a she's like a synthetic alien from the um, intergalactic intelligence entity or something mm-hmm. like that. That's right. Uh, so. Uh, this they so also she's not technically have, cheating. Yeah, she's not technically cheating. The computer group is, and they mm-hmm. have like they they can teleport all over the map. Like if they don't respond in kind, they will absolutely lose the battle. And so Yuki says to Kion, "Can I do it? Can I? I'm not cheating. Can I? Can I just hack like reverse hack this?" And Kion's like, "Do it." And it's a nice little character bonding moment. I really like it. Yeah. She gets to work and fucking decimates the computer study group. And flying. What? So those fingers are flying. The fingers are flying and she fucking executes the, uh, the reverse hack and they win. She's like the piano genius from shine playing flight of the bumblebee. Fingers are going nuts. I I don't know that reference. Movie shine. Jeffrey rush won an Oscar. The guy with the, some sort of mental issue, but he can, he's like a savant at the piano. It's like the chicken at, story. Um, at Raising Cane's. Those fingers are going nuts. There you go, Matt. It's a better example. Especially with that sauce. Um, Heather, are you Okay. So, 
Buki wins <laughs> and they get to keep the laptops. And then Kion's like, I think she was enjoying herself or maybe she wanted to win. And they suggest that they loan out Yuki to the computer club because she's like a genius level hacker. Right. Uh, once a week so that she can do computer stuff, which Haruhi's fucking pissed off about. Um, I also like it at some point in this episode, she says like, we have to have a silent one. Like yes. in kind of a breaking a fourth wall moment where she's like, no, I think that's like sp- now. Yeah. I think it's like now when they're talking about loaning her out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, there's also, there's also a great, <laughs> there's a moment when they're playing the game before they win where like you're watching a space battle, but all the dialogue is like by idiots. And it's kind yeah. of yeah. funny to like, see like, <laughs> captains being like i don't know what the fuck we're doing and another captain being like i don't know how to go down or (laughs) whatever they're like (laughs) they just sound like idiots and then uh when they are about to be victorious i think haru he says burn their leader with the fires of hell pretty something like that yeah (laughs) diablo-esque um but yeah they win and they're going to loan out uh, Yuki to the computer club. And it's very sweet because you see how much she likes typing when when you see her fingers on her book. And she's practicing typing on her book. Yeah, Harui is like reluctant, but she agrees. But it is, does come from a place of compassion from Kion. Like he's just sort of like, you know, even like someone, even like a alien humanoid organic interface or over the file like even that day you, you still need to cut loose at times and she seemed to have fun and yuki's just kind of like oh i guess i could do it yeah um but yeah that, I, I i like the detail of her fingers tapping on the the textbook yep it's uh it's a good episode it's nice it's sweet when you when you are like there's there's a there's a, 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 a there's a kind of sweetness where it's someone who would not really accept something normally so you fra- you have your you have to kind of frame it as like you're doing something for me, and that's like kind of what they're doing for Yuki, right? It's like she's not going to choose to go there on her own, but if they're like, "Hey, you have to do this," knowing that she'll like it, she'll accept the obligation and and enjoy herself. I don't know. It's 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 one of those those weird sort of social negotiations you run into sometimes. Good as, episode. Yeah, as nice great as one. this as nus- nice as this episode is. Then the following episode, which takes place canonically before this one, is called Live Alive. It is That's right. Episode twenty six, uh, or number twelve in the season one broadcast order. It's been years, you know, fifteen years, probably, maybe more, since I've seen Live Alive. And I have at times thought about this episode with the fondness of me thinking of Evangelion episodes. Mm. I think Live Alive is a fantastic episode of anime. It has everything I want in an anime. It is the day of the school cultural festival. We open on me, 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 me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we open on a screening of the the movie that we saw being made in the very first episode. 
Uh, and- Which is funny because, like, in the in the first episode, like in that in that other one, uh, you know the 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 movie that um Mikuru is standing in, it's like you're seeing the production of it. So you don't you're just kind of like okay, well, some of the shit that's that's happening, and you're seeing some of it being edited, but you're not seeing like the finished thing. Here they're sh- they're screening the finished film. And one of the shots they decided to include is Asahina being scared by a bunch of birds that are like in the shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we see um, the uh, school cultural festival is like a day when every room and every club has their own little booths or like themes. So you'll have like a, a fake little cafe, a coffee shop, a, a music event. Somebody might do puzzles. Somebody might like make balloon animals. It's like a, I, I didn't have this kind of thing when I was growing up. I don't know. No, if, we didn't have anything cool at my school. We didn't have anything fucking cool like this, but no. they plan it. Um, I've seen other anime that take place around school cultural festivals and there'd be like piano recitals or plays that like a group of kids will write and then they'll perform. Um, so uh so the SOS brigade is showing off their uh their movie they've made as their event and they're using they're doing it in conjunction with I think the the audio video club like yes. the AV club is doing it um but uh generally Taniguchi and Kunikida who are Kion's best friends show up and they're like, hey, we're going to um, sort of roll around this school festival, try and pick up chicks and eat some food. And that's your main sort of meandering plot of the first part of this episode is going to different rooms, trying different foods, shit chat, real slice of life stuff. Uh, yes. One of the rooms that we get to see is a yakisoba a uh, cafe that's a cosplay cafe where uh one of these other um uh one of the other characters in the show whose fucking name I do not remember it's not uh, Haruhi right because at first that was that this was Haruhi's scam no this isn't this isn't her yeah um because it seems like her kind of scam and it, it feels like maybe pointed that they're giving especially with where this episode ends up that that someone else is doing this scheme yeah um no, I don't. It's not. I don't think it's her scam. Uh, but it is a very Harhi esque scam. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they go to this cosplay cafe, and and the girls like, you're not gonna believe it. We are making so much fucking money. Everybody is lining up to see the girls in cosplay. We are selling the shittiest yakisoba for yeah. so much money. It's three bucks per person to get a plate of like microwave yakisoba. Uh. And a and cup of like, tap water. Yeah, and a cup of tap water. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kim's like, we're in. And she's like, well, if you're doing three, I'll give it to you for five bucks. They go in and see uh, Asahina in the aforementioned cosplay costume from the Yakisoba Cafe, uh, which is not particularly revealing. It's just really cute. Yeah. It's just a tight little... Like full, like long skirted maid costume, sort of. I think there's a lot. I mean, it's like fetishized, though. It's like sure. you know, it's that's a big. I feel like that's a big. I'm, I've never been to a maid cafe, but I imagine that's a big part of really? the deal. Yeah. Shocking. 
Where would I go to a maid cafe? There was one in L.A. for years. Hmm. Oh, you know, wait, is it the... Which character is it? Wait, I, I'm trying to remember the... Sorry, I, I wanted a different time. I'm trying to remember because there's the... Is it Asakura? Is that who's running the cafe? Uh, I don't remember her name. She's a long-haired girl. Yeah, she's in. She's been in other episodes. Like it's like she's yeah. Yeah, it's not Harui. No. Um, we see. Uh, they they go to the you know fucking that cafe. They try some other foods. It's it's a bust. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also see Koizumi doing a play, which is uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Right. Funny that that dude would be like, I'm doing this play. Really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we see, uh, we do see like, um, a very short glimpse of the computer club and they're playing the day of Sagittarius three, which I like, you know, setting Mm -hmm. up the future past episode. Um, and then Kion is like, I think I'm going to go off on my own. And he goes off and just has these like quiet moments. He's exhausted because he stayed up all night like editing the fucking terrible movie right the adventures of Asahina Mikuru right so he's super exhausted and he's like oh, i just need a place to chill out he sits on some stairs he sits in like like you i think he wanders past the baseball stadium uh or not stadium but the baseball field uh sort of remembering their time playing baseball and eventually he goes to the uh, the concert hall where all the different bands are going to do their music. And he's like, finally, I can just sit here and be quiet and maybe fall asleep. And it's so, so chill. And we see a couple bands perform and they're miserable little, they're fine. They're little fucking high school bands. But then it begins to rain outside. As Haruhi and Yuki take the stage in a band that we have not ever seen her perform in. She's wearing her bunny costume mm-hmm. from, from promoting the movie that she's done. And Yuki is wearing her witch costume from promoting the movie that they've done. And... Haruhi, Yuki was also wearing it while she was fortune telling, right? Or was she yeah. wearing something else? Oh, right, else? right, right. She's yeah. she's fortune telling, uh, and she may be like one of the booths is her fortune telling, and she may be actually telling this person what they're actually going to do. She's like forty three yeah. seconds from now, you're going to trip. Se- yes. Seven minutes and sixteen seconds from now, you you'll you'll turn to her and you'll say, and you don't know if she's actually telling the future or if she's not. Um, but yeah. Yuki, Yuki and Haruhi are on stage, and Kyon looks fucking upset. He's like, oh, no. Not only is she here, she's going to humiliate me in some way by, by doing this performance. It's going to suck. Koizumi shows up because the whole auditorium fills because it's pouring rain. Because right. later on we find out that Haruhi was like, I really hope that people would show up. So, of course, she made it rain. Yes. And Haruhi's like, hey, we're we're the we're the band Enos. We're filling in. Uh and uh I hope you like our song. Uh thank you very much. And she begins to play, and this is what the band plays. 
I would like to note that every pluck of the guitar is lovingly animated accurately. Yeah, this is this is the animation I was referring to. I mean, I hope uh, uh, it's probably pretty obviously when we were talking about the previous episode. Yeah, it's really like that, and the 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 strumming, the picking, and then the drumming are all just like so detailed. It's gorgeous. And I gotta say, this is might be my favorite part of any anime I've ever seen. I fucking <laughs> love this. Good song. I. Watching this the first time, I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Watching it again this time, I was like, this fucking completely lives up to my memory of it. So much so that I went back and watched it immediately again as soon as it ended. Also, Haruhi's lip flap is like, she's like shouting these words and sweating and her hair is sticking to her face. It's, it's as if Suddenly, you're not watching an anime, but these anime characters are somehow doing a concert. It feels impossible. And she's so fucking good. (laughs) After the song plays, she apologizes to the crowd. She explains, like, also the crowd is fucking roaring and Kion yeah. is the only guy in the whole auditorium who isn't, like, he's just stationary, like, shock, in shock. Um, Like, at one point during the song, she throws it to Yuki, and Yuki does, like, a full, like, solo. It's fucking mm-hmm. great. And, again, I can't, you if, if for some reason you are watching this show and you haven't, or listening to our show and you haven't watched this show, just pull that clip up on YouTube. Pull up God Knows from the Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya and just watch that clip. It's gorgeous. It really fucking shows off the strength of this animation team, which goes on to be like one of the greats. So, yeah, like the 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 hi hat symbol, the way it's resonating is the drumstick is tapping on it. I mean, like there's like the you know the 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 picking of the guitar. Of uh, Ryuki is one thing, but also the bass player from the the actual bass player for the band is like finger picking the bass, and like that's all. Like it's just it's it looks like it's been rotoscoped. It's that level of detail. But, but it you hasn't. know, it's all been it's all been animated. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. It's um, wizardry. Really cool. Like I don't really understand. Like when I see something like that, like I don't understand how it's possible. It's 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 he- magic. And the song is great too. <laughs> that's the, that's the other thing. It's just part. like the song is an absolute fucking banger. It's, yeah. I, I, and it has to be. Like, if that song doesn't work, that's the sequence doesn't work. I think this the reason this moment works is also because it's the first, like, it's the, I think the first time Kion is like, wow. He's a little bit wowed by Haruhi, right? Like, he's seen what she's, like, how much she's capable of, like, fucking up. But he's yeah. never really been impressed by her. And we are as impressed as he is because we are watching her with all this lush animation and detail that we've never seen her have. So like we are experiencing like the meta narrative moment here is that we are experiencing awe at the same time that he's experiencing awe. So she. Yeah. yeah go ahead. I was just going to say it's like a nexus. It's the nexus of like, you know, her 
her uh, irrational overconfidence and that she thinks she could just step in and be the substitute vocalist of this band and just be like, oh, I, I can do this song. Uh, and then, you know, her natural sort of like gifts for was, as we see, she's extremely skilled and athletic. Uh, so it kind of tracks that she'd be able to pick up something like this really quickly. But it's also like it's in a controlled situation where she has to be like part of a band. So like all those things sort of converge. So she's able to be like the best version of herself. And yeah, it's just it's uh, it's a uh, I don't know it's it's uh, you you're 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 kind of don't know how to react in the same way that Kion does know how to react. Like you were just saying, she um she informs the crowd that uh, you know um they are that the band had like two people have to drop out at the last second, and so they stepped in. Uh, she introduces the members of the real band first in a deeply uncharacteristic move by Harahi. Like she's like, so thank you so much. The real band is these guys on drums, this, this one on bass, and then our stand-ins. We got Yuki on the guitar and I'm Harahi Suzumiya. If you guys like the songs, you can, uh, you know, maybe, what, maybe we can have them dub to mini disc. Like if you bring in a mini disc, we'll dub one for you so that you can ha hear the actual song. And when she said mini disc, which I had forgotten, mm -hmm. as an aficionado of mini disc, I was like, oh, this is it. This is the final great moment of everything. <laughs> <laughs> this is right before... This is before social media. This is before everybody's got like there's a couple flip phones in the in the episode, but there like there's no giant fucking iPhones. There's no Twitter, there's no doom scrolling, there's no nothing. You've got mini discs. So you're right at the edge of modern tech. Uh but it it's fucking anime is so fucking good. God, it felt like I was young. Oof. The the so they there's this amazing sequence and you know I think part of why this episode's so good is that it's the the way it's like that that this comes out of nowhere that you yeah. just sort of your experience like that Kion is like experiencing it like with you that like you have not seen any of the run up to this performance and then you get Harui's explanation of how this all came about and it's. It's one of those things where there's a reading of this that is both like of everything. And I think it kind of like it's the reason it doesn't feel out of character for her is that she's at once both selfish and selfless because like she finds a way to insert herself into something and make her like the focal point of it. But in a way that's helping everyone else out who wants to perform because she's like, you know, the vocalist had had has a had a, a like a, a, an injury to the vocal cords. Uh, the guitarist fell and sprained their wrist and they needed someone to step in. And I was like, well, why, what if I did it? Uh, and I and I and I like she's like because she's kind of taking pity on them. Uh, the other two members who want to perform in their final their final senior festival or whatever. Yeah, she 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 explains all that later. But in the when you're just yeah when you're watching it with Kion, you're like, what the fuck is happening? Yes, right. And and then they play a second song, and you push in on Kion's hand as he's listening to the second song, and he's tapping. He's like. 
enjoying himself and appreciating like he's he's doing Kion's version of dancing to the music. Yeah. And it moves my heart. It makes me be like, oh, these kids are going to make it. They're going <laughs> to make it, these kids. Uh, so, yeah, we go to the we go to the classroom and Haruhi is explaining everything that Nick just explained. Like, you know, uh, they they volunteered and she um, she is stunned when the uh, she also says, I just you know, she's a senior. Hari's like the girl was a senior and I, I felt really bad that she was going to miss out her final time to play. And, and I thought, right. I thought maybe I could help, which knowing what, how the show works, we know that Harihi created the, uh, uh, the laryngitis or the um, amygdalitis and she created the sprained wrist and she created the rainstorm, right? But her experience of it is that she actually, like, it's almost like God created the world and then was like, saw a bunch of people in pain and was like, oh, I got to fix this. Yes, yeah. You, you know? Like, yeah. I, I, they can't be in pain like this. Um, And then gets, that it's like, gets thanked for doing it. It's like you kind of understand the the perverse psychology of, of of being you know uh all powerful yeah it's like okay i sent down a lightning bolt uh it lit this house on fire and uh the you know the the family was burning alive and i went down there and and re pulled them out of it and then they got down on their knees and said thank you god it's just, it's just like i don't know it's maybe that's too intense of a reading but it does feel like the show's kind of doing something like that. Yeah. I, I think there's there's also a version where it's just kind of talking about teenagers in general and how yeah. they can at once be so narcissistic, yeah. but then capable of like, you know, of of decency and and selflessness. And that's kind of like both these things are coexisting. Like she's kind of made it all about her. She expects some sort of reward. And then when the reward she gets is just people telling her thank you and uh, her feeling good about herself, she's a little conflicted, you know? Yeah. I don't know. She also is like, she's jealous that she's a little sad that so many people have shown up to get the mini disc. Dubbed. Right. Like she's a little bit like, yeah, I guess, you know, you would want to listen to the original version. But it's not done in like the Haruhi way where she would be like, how dare they? Right. Why no. haven't they demanded my version of the song? Instead, she's kind of like, not even quite self-aware. She's like, oh, yeah, I guess... Of course you'd want the you'd want the real one. And then she kind of leaves. She goes off on her own and and Kion finds her in the uh I don't know. What courtyard? We, courtyard? Yeah, she's in the yeah. courtyard sitting on a tree. And she's like weirded out. <laughs> and, and Kion's yeah. like Kion's internal monologue is Right. She's never been thanked for anything. Like, Harvey yeah. has gone her whole life, and nobody's ever said thank you to her because she never has done anything worthy of being thanked. Yes. And so he kind of has this, like, he has this moment of compassion for her before she's like, 
so here's what we'll do. We'll be a band next year. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. And she's like, we're going to put on a big show. We have costumes. Uh, she does like a good uh, Mikuru impression. She's like, we can give Mikuru a tambourine and she can like do tambourine and be like stage yes, decoration. Yeah. Uh, and Yuki can be on guitar and we'll, you can learn an instrument, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and she grabs... Kion by the hand and we do a a really fast insert on her taking his hand the way that we did on the island uh which is really nice because it's a level of familiarity that is like the the progress of that relationship has been largely invisible like other on the surface it's Haruhi says a bunch of shit Kion does some like does some take to the audience and is like this fucking girl but very, very, very slowly, they've been moving towards each other, and that's yeah, and that's visible when they touch hands, and that's why the show pushes in on that hand grasp. God, I fucking love anime so fucking much. This episode's great. It's, really it's there's a moment of there's there's also another moment of of the, just before this uh, that where she she picks up like a handful of grass and she tries to throw it in Kion's face, but the wind just carries it back into her own face. And it's like, which is just, and just a beautiful piece of animation. Um, but also it's just, it's, it, it's kind of tying in with everything that's happening in the episode of like, she, things aren't, she has, every, she's had everything under a control and they're not, it's not quite going according to her plan. Um, or, I, I, yeah. Or maybe what you're, what you're seeing in that moment, because she is completely in control and she's creating reality is that the grass hitting her in the face is her for a moment being like, I don't want the grass to hit Kion's face. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Could very well be that. I, I also like the, the just, just talking about what the typical narrative would be if this was like a regular episode of TV would be like, oh, our, our vocalist is, is sick. Hey, you care, main character of the TV show, like they'll, they'll, they're going to step in and sing. And then by the end, it would be like. I don't know. It would. It would it, it's kind of like the. I, I feel like that. What would happen would be that they would become the new singer of the band. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, you're so talented. No one ever knew this. But it's not that. It's everyone's like, hey, thanks for taking care of this. But we're, you know, we're a band already. We don't really need you. But that was really nice of you to do. So we appreciate that. Or you'd have like, if it was a normal TV show, like you'd have the sitcom version would be this person would step in and be absolutely fucking terrible, and it would they'd be embarrass so themselves. Funny, yeah. You know. Yeah. But instead, she is godlike while performing and then has a moment of self like introspection about it like why do i feel this way God, right i love this ep i think this is i think this is in my top 25 episodes of all anime wow and i i guess the funny the funny way to to follow that up would be and that's because i don't like the jet alone episode of evangelion <laughs> <laughs> but you know if i was to like if i if you could only take one episode per anime right like maximum you can only have one episode of an anime represented in your top 25 so i would have to choose an episode of evangelion and an episode of naruto and an episode of you like etc 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 i think this would be in one of my top 25 episodes of all time i love this fucking episode it's really good. I, you know, I, I, I've been, I was thinking about like the, 
role of Yuki kind of in this series and in this episode, it's kind of crystallized like she she is purely a functional character. Like she doesn't have seem to have a lot of internal depth. She doesn't have, you know, a lot of she doesn't have her own motivations or desires really, uh, except what was touched on previous in the immediately previous previous episode, chronologically in the next episode. It's not like not really explored what's going on for her. And she, if of anyone, deserves like as much praise as Haruhi. But the uh, the sequence where she's given the opportunity to be thanked, they're just sort of like, oh yeah, she just nodded at our direction and sent her over there. It's it's kind of there's almost like a meta comment there, maybe on like, you know, the the function of a supporting character in a narrative. Yeah. Of like that that character just exists to facilitate what's happening to the protagonist, well, and we don't need to really worry about what's what's going on with them. There are feminist readings of Ray in Evangelion, and there are anti mm. like there are misogynist readings of Ray, and it's like, does race only? Does she exist only to further the narratives of Shinji and Gendo, right? Sure, uh, right. Like, is she just a functional story placeholder? Or is her journey of, like, self-actualization and ultimately rejection of Gendo, like, is that, like, a feminist story that, like, Ray begins to have identity almost against in friction with the show itself, which wants her to just be this trope until ultimately she overthrows the designs of our main antagonist. Like in the same way, Yuki is like, I feel like she's, I feel like she's commentary on Ray. And I feel mm, like her commentary sure. on Ray is, yeah, of course you're going to sell a fuck, a fuck ton of action figures. If you have the, quiet character who everybody can project onto and she's so quiet that as nick said she points to haruhi's classroom when she is being talked to off camera yes <laughs> when she just fucking shredded on the adoption. yeah she fucking shredded man i'm like i'm mad that the band isn't real and I can't go see them. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good, it's such a good episode. Really great. Oh, we've got two more left, right? Just two more of season yes. one. Yeah. In this season. What do yeah. you guys think? What are we going to do here? Are we well, really going to we... say goodbye to Haruhi Suzumiya before we hear the whole story? Or we I mean, watch? I'm not gonna. I got. I gotta watch. I gotta see what what happens with this. Uh, but we're not gonna do it for the audience. We're not gonna character. just be here and and finish out the show. I don't know. I mean, that's one way to go. Why don't we? We can we can decide next week. We can make the call next week. All right. I think that's a nice 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 little bit of lingering suspense. What are we gonna do after this? Exactly. Uh, I I think that would be. I I I'd be interested to see what happens with season two and with the movie. Is the move? I guess the question is the move to handle to do it right away to go right into it or do we take a little breather do some other mini series and come back to it i guess that's the thing for us to debate internally i think we should debate it live on the show next time <laughs> okay great 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 live alive next time on the show we'll figure it out well that's that's our thoughts about that's right harhi suzumiya 27 and 26 <laughs> that's right but now it's time for your thoughts yes it's time for your chain reactions of harui suzumiya 
Blue talk. Blue talk. Blue talk. Uh, I hope that as yeah. we do this, mm-hmm. that we just chain the chain reactions part together so that eventually we are doing, say, the chain reactions of, uh, say, Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, colon, <laughs> blue talk. <laughs> sure, yeah, right. But it would have to be, we'd still, we'd need a pun on, on Ghost in the Shell. So it would yeah. have to be like, you know, Ghost in the Shell chat alone complex or something. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, that that's not an announcement. We're not, we're not doing that show. We're not just... necessarily doing that. Get yeah. that out of your fucking mind right now. Okay? Stop. Yeah. I know what you're doing. I know you opened up Hulu. You're trying to, st- trying to stream it right now so you can get ahead of uh, watching mean, along with us. Fair Knock though, it off. Go ahead and watch it though. It's an excellent show. Highly recommend. Watch good, it, but good. don't talk about it with those. Yeah, don't We're talk not about, it. about it. This is not chat alone complex. No, it's it's not. This hey, is... you wanna you wanna watch you wanna watch it? Chat alone yourself, bitch. There you go. This is the chain reactions of melancholy or the chain reactions of Harhi Suzumiya colon blue talk. Exactly. <laughs> Get that through your fucking head, okay? It's not complicated. Uh, all right, God. let's get the first one. <laughs> okay, this first one's from Daniel A. Barron. What's up, Daniel? What's up, Daniel? Now, is it Daniel A. Barron or Daniel a Barron? You know what I mean? Or Daniel A. Oh, Baron. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. That's what it is, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for Nick to go down a Gundam rabbit hole. There's so much to love out there. Truly, truly, I am also excited about it. You know, a, a a a. I was looking at Gundam watch along podcasts just to see Ooh. what my options were because I like I I do find that that's very motivating. You know, I've talked about my fandom and we've had the hosts on uh, get played of the of the Blank Check podcast, great podcast, which is watching filmography's great pod. But like that's like that motivates me. Like, oh, I'll watch every Danny Boyle film, and I think the same sort of thing. Like, if I had a Gundam companion, that, that might actually help my journey. So I might I might Nick, do that. Nick, what if and I'm just floating this. Uh-huh. What if we were the Gundam p- companion? I mean... What if we just... <laughs> I might want to listen I mean, myself. You would not need to convince me at all. If you were like, <laughs> hey, do you want to rewatch the... I I think I'm more than... I'm, I'm definitely more than a hundred... I'm more than a hundred episodes of Gundam, for sure. Wow. wow. For sure, easily. But if you were like, do you want to watch all hundred of those over again? I'd be like, I. It would be my pleasure, Miss. <laughs> <laughs> we can, at minimum, I think, do a Gundam mini series at some point. Yeah. You know, whether whatever whether that's a movie or whether that's a shorter series or something or just the this, first series, we can figure it out. I I know this is going to be confusing because I'm going to be talking about this thing i the thing that i'm about to say in the past of this actually airing Mm -hmm. but there was a new gundam series announced this week oh requiem for vengeance that sounds so cool it looks so fucking cool it looks so fucking cool. this is what you sent this to us right uh yes i did 
Yeah, this is the, and this is uh, to tell us about it because you gave us some context. Okay, so it is a a, a Western produced uh, official Universal Century Gundam series filmed in Unreal Engine, taking place during UC seventy nine. So, one of the easiest ways to to figure out when things are placed in the Gundam timeline is that UC seventy nine is when the original Mobile Suit Gundam takes place, which is, for us, the year 1979 when it aired on television, right? So right. if you see something that takes place in UC-96, you're like, oh, this is effectively the 1996 of the Gundam universe, mm. right? So it's a real easy... Everything is anchored on this... Pinkerton just flopped. Yeah. Uh, right. Oasis but is on the airwaves. But Bob the, Dole but, is running for president. But the <laughs> but the 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 air date of the show doesn't necessarily correspond with the uh, the year that the show takes place within the Gundam timeline. It's all just anchored. It's like if Star Wars took place in Star Wars seventy seven, and then the new movies took place in Star War like Star Wars era. 96 or 2015 or whatever the fuck right i mean they kind of do effectively but not explicitly yes so uh this one takes place in the first year the first year of gundam uc 79 but it's told from the perspective of the villains of the original show the principality of zeon Hmm. so you know motherfuckers i'm in i am in we'll figure it out What's the name of the new show? Requiem for Vengeance, I think. Do you think there's two Gundams? Uh, and then another Gundam shouting at them ass to ass? Let's get another question. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Imagine that you didn't know what that <laughs> reference was. And then you had to go down a rabbit hole of like... What does that mean? What the fuck did Matt mean? Mm. And you Google the phrase and then see that scene. <laughs> oh, what oh happens no. if, you, if you just Google ass to ass in quotes? <laughs> what comes up, I wonder? <laughs> to this podcast. Uh, um, this one's from Carrick. Hi, Carrick. Hey, Carrick. It actually is all, I just Googled it. It actually oh. is all safe search, safe search off. It actually is all links to the scene on YouTube. Wow, uh, so w- the link was purple, huh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one's from Kirik. Hi, Kirik. Asakura is kind of low-key my favorite character of the series. Not much screen time, but oh boy, does she make the absolute most of what she got. Hmm, that's an interesting take. I love a take. Yeah. I'd, I'll take a take. One take, please. <laughs> you can just send in takes and we'll say if we like the take. Yeah. And if chances we don't are like we it, will. Though, you can't be you can't be mad. You if can't we don't be mad like if we don't like your take, but you know, we may very well just be open to it. Yeah, yeah we usually... might just say interesting take. Yeah. We'll never be like this take fucking sucks. <laughs> I might I might. That's <laughs> possible. It's totally possible. It's, it's, yeah, no, that sounds like it could be all three of us uh at any given point. Um this next one's from Not Rock, and I'm interested. I don't know what um, Not Rock means by this. Maybe we can all sort of unpack this. Okay. Mm. The Ray and Asuka elevator scene and its consequences have been disastrous for humanity. Oh, you're talking. This is an Evangelion thing. Yes. When the, there's the two of them in the uh, the elevator, 
and it's and it's you know Ray is like foregrounded and Os- I can't remember how one of them is foregrounded, one of them is the background, and then there's an outburst. Ray mm-hmm. is foreground, Oscar is background. Oscar is leaning on the elevator wall, and depending on whether or not you're watching the director's cut or not, she sniffs. Uh, if it's the original version that aired on television, she is absolutely stagnant. But if you watch the director's cut, she goes like this. Mm. And as a person who's watched the show infinity times, I was like, oh, shit. Like, it shocked me. (laughs) Uh, But wait, what was the comment that it has ramifications? The, The elevator scene and its consequences have been disastrous for humanity. So. Wait, which episode is this someday in the rain that we're talking about? Yeah. I think that's interesting because maybe what not rock means is that the sort of languid pace of that scene. Oh, interesting. Has allowed other directors to let to let us sort of stew in a moment uh, and Mm. either craft anxiety or boredom or um, or I mean, those are the only feelings. So I don't know what other feelings there might be, uh, but you can see some of that, maybe the long tail of that in uh, Someday in the Rain, maybe. Oh, I know exactly what this is a reference to. This is when Yuki's like fucking like reading her book and the mm. shot is stagnant. Oh, and sure. And then the, the computer is or the, the other classroom is having their their conversation in the background. That's oh, yeah, of course. Of course. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you really nailed it, Not Rock. I I do think you're right. Not Rock. Good take. But has it been disastrous? Hmm. For 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 Not Rock it was. For me, not disastrous. No. Literally, but the, t- the take you, stands. I think you could probably get me to sit in front of a television for 4 days. If you told me I was watching an anime, but you were only showing me a pause screen, I'd be like, whoa, this is <laughs> this is gripping. What what is going to happen? <laughs> uh, I was just effectively Rickrolled because I put I put on the elevator scene and I clicked on the first link and it's just says the infamous elevator scene from Evangelion in its entirety. And basically the first minute plays in silence. Yeah. Like Asuka, like, you know, the doors open up, Asuka walks in, Ray is in there, sits in the background, she's just leaning there, yes, there is the sniff. And then the dialogue finally starts up at a minute in, um, and it's a meme of two uh, kids on Twitch, like, arguing about Uno on Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. The internet's good. It is good. Uh here we go. This next one. This next one's from Dean Loud and Clear. Hi, they Dean. added they nice. added clear to their name. I love nice. that. Dean Loudon has evolved. Oh. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> That's the the evolution music. Yeah. <laughs> kind of shaking in the Pokeball. Yeah. Uh, everybody loves that. Um I think Rod Stewart is being a little modest if he says he isn't good at building model railways. Look up the model he's built in in his LA mansion. The detail is incredible. I love that this is like a part, like we talked enough about trains. 
Hold on, let's see if I can find a that. There are of opinions this. like he's he's not because you said that he said that he's not that good at it. He is, yeah. That's part of the. Um, I, I was actually reading a thing and it was talking about you know just sort of like what is happiness, and you know a big part of it is like just finding some craft that you enjoy. What not worried like irrespective of your skill level. So, like, if you love getting up and going surfing first thing in the morning, even if you're not good at it, yeah, like that's not really the point. Uh, here, wait, here's a shot of Rod Stewart, and Rod Stewart was used as an example because, like, despite him being like this famous performer or whatever, like, what really gives him joy is working on his model train set. But he's all he's been, and maybe it is false modesty, but he's been like, I'm not actually that good at it. Uh, here is some of his. This is from a People magazine profile. I'm sharing the screen here. Uh. You can see his model train set he's in front of. That's not nothing, Rod. That's pretty cool. If I That's... walked into somebody's house and they had this, it's the only thing I would want to see. You know what's funny is that it's like there's it, it's about it's from a People magazine profile about his estates like or his his house uh that he owns in LA being on sale. Uh but then there's this picture of this thing that's like and it says uh not included in the sale is the 100-foot railroad the rocker lovingly built over more than a quarter of a century. <laughs> oh my That's the only thing I would want if I'm going to buy a fucking yeah. $30 million mansion that Rod Stewart lived in. I want the fucking train set. Yeah. And honestly, Rod could stay at the house, too. <laughs> yeah, I'll live with him. <laughs> he, can, he can hang out There's if gonna, you want. There would be stories all day long. If you, if you are a famous person and I buy your house... You can come back whenever you want and just kind of like hang out and see how I like arrange the stuff. And you can comment <laughs> on it uh, on their own home. Uh, <laughs> uh, this next one is from is from Ryan M. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Rewatching Haruhi for the first time since 2007, it makes me remember watching it with my friend in college who had never seen anime before. She liked it so much she started studying Japanese, watching more anime on her own, and then moved to Japan after college. Haruhi... Tr- Haruhi truly was an anime gateway drug. She now lives in South Korea with her husband, who she met in Japan. Haruhi literally changed the course of her life. Since college, we've fallen out of touch. Should I contact my old friend and reconnect over Haruhi? Yes. Yeah, I think so. That's fucking amazing. What a, sto- what a story. I hope what it's like you kind of just like, you know, there's always, as you get older and as your priorities shift, right, like it's harder to maintain close friendships sometimes because you're like oh you know i'm busy with work i'm busy with you know the relationship in my home etc i'm sure this person would love to hear you hear from you and talk about the anime that changed her life that's amazing yeah that's a really amazing story i have a different take which is in honor of this story you should instead cut somebody else out of your life Hey, yeah, yeah you that's, know, really, no new friends. that's really yeah. cool. It's it's funny how like the pebble in the stream can divert the entire river of a of a human existence. Yeah. And that in this case, that pebble is God knows playing uh in episode whatever the fuck it is. Cause that's the moment. That's when she was like, No, I want to make I want to make some big life changes for sure. I think contact this person and say, just so you know. We're still we're not we're not talking anymore. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. Uh, talk to your friends. I think it's nice to it's, really it's, cool, al- yeah. it's always nice to hear from somebody you haven't heard from in a long time too, especially if it's like a fond uh, a fond remembrance. 
Um, as long as they're not asking for a favor. <clears throat> yeah, or if they're like, you know, like, you know, you guys probably get this too. Hey. You know, hey, 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 Nick. Hey, Heather. Hey, Matt. That's to any of us. Ah. Uh, you know, I know that uh, you guys have all that podcast money, you know. Could I have some money? We're not yeah, rich. We're not. Yeah, that also to me falls under the favor category of just if you're just asking for money. We like wait. You know, the, say hi. What is this? I I I feel people like are always asking us for money because they think we're so rich because we do a podcast. But like, not every podcast is like people like are Joe asking Rogan you or for something. Money? They're asking you too. They're asking Nick. They're asking everybody. They are. I can't walk down the street. Somebody driving around in their Tesla. Hey, give me some money. Yeah, it's embarrassing. That that happens to you guys. Well, you. I was I'm in, walking, I, Yeah. I'm the other day, around, this yeah. this 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 uh this veteran comes up to me, big tough guy. He's got tears in his eyes. He's like, "Please, can I have some money?" <laughs> and thank you, thank you for what you're doing for our country. Thank you, big tough guy. Big tough guy. I walk around like the Monopoly man, so everyone just thinks I have money. Well, you guys are just old pals. He's just my friend. He's just your friend. He's my favorite capitalist. <laughs> Sue me. Oh, we all don't have a favorite capitalist. Shut up. If, if you were going to have a favorite capitalist, I feel like the Monopoly man is, is pretty, it's pretty. Yeah, it's a good one. That's I don't know. Me. He sends people to jail with impunity. He just does whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he uh, somehow has a direct line to the courts. I once got a... Uh, uh, Upgraded to first class for a flight. Oh, and so yeah. I went, I got to go in the lounge and I'd never been in an air, like a, a lounge, a first class lounge. And I walked in and those motherfuckers had a picture of the Monopoly man on the wall. And I was like, wow, <laughs> is that on the nose? I took a photo of it because I was like, I can't, so I funny. cannot fucking believe in the first class lounge. They are like idolizing the iconography of the yeah. rich guy. Like, hey, this is like us. We're like this guy. <laughs> which uh, which lounge are we talking? Because now you're in my world. I have oh, no fucking idea. Delta Sky Club? It's in probably. I don't know. It was so. The what? Delta Sky Club is a lot more accessible. Uh, it's not first class only. Like, if you have like, and I just have an American Express card that gets me into the and and I, if I, I can get a guest in for fifty bucks. Uh, but um, it's a I will say that is one of the things that makes flying tolerable. I was flying so much, you know, in, in recent years, uh, especially before covid that like I got to the point where I was just like if I can go in an airport lounge and hang out for a little bit, it, it's uh, it's it's completely worth it. But yeah, I've only flown first class uh, like uh, like once or twice. And it was both for work where they like contractually have to put you first class. I wouldn't. I got upgraded once. I wouldn't have any idea how to find out where I saw the Monopoly Man on the wall. You don't even know what airport, what city. I don't memorize. Like I didn't see it and then be like, "Oh, I'm going to remember this for the I'll rest of my life." Always remember this day. Yeah. I mostly was just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to search for it. Like you know how Google Photos, you can search for anything and yes. but, but i wouldn't even know how to search for monopoly man because you search for monopoly man it won't come up rich uncle admit, penny bags 
I don't think that they know that it. No, well, no, no, no. Type in name. Rich Uncle Pennybags Airport. I saw it. <laughs> I tried searching poster, uh, thinking that just might poster. Do it. Yeah, and it's it's pulled up all the photos I've ever taken of any poster, but I also don't know what year this was. <laughs> so uh, it's not helping me. Doesn't sound like we're gonna find it. Let's do uh, just one more. Okay. Quick story By the way, from... I thought it was so funny and oh. uh, a movie that is definitely not aged well, but Ace Ventura 2 when he's at the auction yeah. and there's the rich guy and he's like, hey, look, it's the Monopoly guy. And and I was like, I watched it as a kid. I thought that was so funny. And then later on, I was like, wait, they just they they just were like, hey, let's have the Monopoly guy be in the scene. And then he's going to point out that he's the, it's like they made the decision to make the guy the Monopoly guy. It wasn't Jim Carrey being funny, no. pointing out that a character looked like the Monopoly guy. <laughs> like, like, I, like I came to understand how jokes work, <laughs> that like they set it up. <laughs> Both those movies aged like milk. <laughs> <laughs> But unfortunately, you have still like really funny yes. stuff around the mold. Um, this final one's from Kyle O'Brien. Hi, Kyle. Hello, Kyle. What's up, KOB? Wow. Kyle says, I had knee surgery this week, and when I came home from the hospital, confidently put on the two episodes I believed were next in broadcast order. I didn't realize until I was way too far into this week's pod that I watched completely wrong episodes under the confident delusion of an- anesthesia. I got animated. And part of my meniscus removed. Wow. Uh, Hope hey, you have a speedy recovery there. Yeah. Hey, sh- that's, that's shout surgery. out. I've had I've had uh, uh, meniscus surgery also. I opted for a repair of my meniscus so that the um, recovery was much much longer. But I am uh, uh, I'm of the understanding that both versions are uh, are are shitty. They're both shitty. They're just. It's bad. Yeah, it sucks. That sucks. sucks. Hope you get well soon. Yeah. Take care, man. I'm sorry you watched the wrong episodes, but you 100% got animated. That's true. You did yourself. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you you can never never know who's going to animate you. And sometimes it's you doing it. Sometimes it's us. Most of the time it's us. But sometimes it could be you. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's that. But that's But that's that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that's it for uh this week's chain reactions or uh the chain reactions of haruhi suzumiya blue talk blue talk. wow blue talk. and i think i can confidently say that next week we're watching we'll be dis- we'll be discussing episodes uh five and six of haruhi suzumiya which are the Melancholy of Harui Suzumiya, part five and part six. And that's the end of season one. Who knows what wow. we'll talk about after that? Wow. We're going to find out. We're going to wow. take it from there. Pretty interesting stuff. And while I'm talking, why don't I just say, Kyle, you're not the only one that got animated. So did the rest of you. You got wow. animated. Who's, who's you? Us? You guys too. Me? And everybody else listening. You, Heather. Man. Nick, too. And this you know sucks. what? I'll throw myself in there as well. We oh, got animated. Jesus. Wow. We all got animated. <laughs> I got to catch my flight. I'm actually recording this from an airport lounge. So. 